Hey guys, if you would like to get to know each one of us better, go check out Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com. Or the app. Get the app. That's better. Okay. Listed in the show notes on the support link. Sides on home. I can't get distracted. Cause the fact is, this ain't where. Welcome to the Pod Me Podcast. My name is Devin Birdsong. I'm your host. It's October 1st. October 1st. Can you believe it? Back during the uh, world shutdown of 2020, all of our lives were changed. And somewhere in the midst of all that, it was a very lonely time. We we're confined to our homes. And I somehow stumbled across a video on YouTube on a Saturday night called Saturday Night Worship by the Blythe Family. And for somewhere around 30 or 45 minutes, I was able to escape from the present circumstances and hear some singing and preaching. And guess what? Two of the people involved in those videos are here on Pod Me today. It's Brother Richard and Sister Sandy Blythe of the Blythe family. Welcome. Thank you, Thank Brother you. Devin. It's an honor to be here. You two both are very talented and have a vital part in your parents' ministry. And so I wanted to talk about that, uh, a couple aspects of that. Let's start with the lady first, Sister Sandy. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I was 10 when we started traveling and, and bringing Richard into that picture. He was seven. Okay. December, we will complete our 31st year on the road, and then we will start on year number 32. That doesn't seem possible even coming out of my mouth. Yeah. But um, we truly love what we do. We love working for the Lord, love seeing lives changed. And my small part of our ministry has been for many years, the songwriting aspect of our ministry. I think I was about seven when the first song was written. That's actually in my list of questions I was going to ask you down the road. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even remember anything about that. I just remember laboring over a piece of paper and then bringing it to my family and saying, hey, I, I wrote this. But I think the first song that we actually sang and recorded as a family was written when I was 12, um, titled When We Get Home. Okay. And we sang that for a little while. I remember we sang it at a, a little church in the mountains of North Carolina, and the little pastor's wife just had herself a shouting good time when we <laughs> sang it. And I remember feeling very humbled that the song had blessed someone to that extent. hmm And it had a profound effect on my life to continue with what I felt the Lord was leading us to do. And then uh, I think I was 13 whenever the Lord just began to give songs on a regular basis. And I have carried a burden for that ever since. Prayed in the last several years that the Lord would allow that same burden to fall upon my brother. And so he is also very faithful in that endeavor now. And we write almost everything together nowadays. Okay, that's 
something I did not know. Yes, both of us for the last probably eight years or so, um, he'll write some songs solo and same with myself, but a lot of what we do is is a dual effort. So, Brother Richard, tell us a little bit about what you do with the ministry. Like Sandy said, when we first started in ministry, we were very young. And you mentioned before, you know, before the podcast started about us both being preacher's kids. And anybody listening will understand that uh, when you're a preacher's kid, you're born into the calling. And sometimes we've ran into to children that they don't embrace that. And to me, that's very very sad. But for us, you know, there came a time in the ministry, we realized, okay, not only are we preachers, children, but we feel the call as well Yes, to ministry. And, but one, one of the stories that happened when we first started traveling, um, again, I was seven years old as a young boy, I didn't connect with that. Cause I was, I was too young. You know, I didn't, I didn't really understand why am I being torn away from my norm, my environment. And so when that time came, I didn't realize, but my parents and my mother was praying, Lord, you've called us into the ministry. I want you to put that same call or desire in my children. As we were preparing to leave, I was just a basket case, you know, because again, my world was being turned upside down. When it came time to say goodbye to my grandparents, I was so brokenhearted that I actually got down in the floorboard of the car and just cried because I just, I didn't want to get out. I didn't want to tell them bye because my world was, I felt it was coming to an end. As a child, I had no idea what kind of a burden that was placing on my mom and dad because anybody that knows them know they're very loving people and they they knew what God had placed on their life at the same time their hearts were broken because of how it was affecting me seemed like I guess Sandy had the halo in that (laughs) uh, setting because she was doing great you know but when we got back to the house uh, we went went to bed again we're leaving the next morning my mom she was a basket case she said Lord all I ask you was just to put it in the heart of my children to travel. I don't know if it was around midnight. I'd have to get the details from her again. But she said she heard my voice from the bedroom. I, heard, I said, Mama, can you come here? So she went in there and she lay down beside me. And I said, Mom, I just want you to know that I'm finally ready to go. Anyone can tell you I'm the one of the first ones when we go back to home. I love my family, sure. my, my biological family, dearly. But when it comes time for us to leave, the family that God has given us out on the road to minister to, is it's a feeling I can't explain. I guess that's because it just is the call. Yes, sir. But I'm usually the first one to tell them, family, I'm ready to go. Yes. I'm ready to go back out and minister. And that would lead into the uh, the COVID thing, which I'm sure we'll get into later. But uh, I'm I'm thankful for the call. And anybody that's a child of a preacher's kid, I encourage you, embrace the call because God is so sovereign. He knew whose parents you would belong to. And ministry is not easy, as you would well agree. Sure. But the rewards are infinitely greater than the burden that it comes along with ministry. So I I thank God for the family I've been born into and for the call. Well said. And I appreciate both of your perspectives on that. You guys are both musicians as well. Sister Sandy, you play the piano. And Brother Richard, you play uh, the bass, maybe among other instruments. True. That's what you guys do on, on the road. Very talented. He's the yes. one that can play about anything he touches. Uh, no, but no. <laughs> the, the bass guitar is is the one that he's featured on whenever we're on the, the platform. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, that's something else me and you, Brother Richard, have in common. All right. And we both have sisters that play piano. <laughs> there you <laughs> <That's> go. <true. laughs> Let's talk about the uh, YouTube production stuff. One of the things that really grabbed my attention immediately was the quality of what you guys produced on those Saturday night no. worship services. Bless your heart. How did you get into that, Brother Richard? Well, when people talk about the YouTube thing, one of the first things I'll tell them is it was one of the most unexpected forms of outreach that we ever would have dreamed of doing. But I still remember being in a, a revival in Florida, and that's when COVID, the word COVID, started coming out. Mm-hmm. During that revival, the news was saying that borders were going to be shut down and you know things were going to lock down and so we felt that it would be wise with the information we had to go on back home on the way home we were praying saying lord what do you have for our ministry because we're evangelists right we travel and here we are going to a shutdown as as the world began to call it my mom she said well you know should we write letters of encouragement what what should we do so our ministry outreach doesn't stop and with me being the uh, the tech geek, I guess you would say, uh, <laughs> I, I told them, I said, well, you know, our ministry can continue in a virtual sense if we would put some stuff on YouTube. We made the decision collectively after prayer that we would do something like that. When people were shut down and could not go to their churches, we could give them some church uh, in their own home. And uh, again, that's the first time we ever attempted something like that. If you watch the first video, that's actually a cell phone camera. Okay. I installed an app on my phone, and I can't even remember the name of it now, but basically it turbocharges your phone's camera software. So we were actually shooting at a, the highest resolution my phone could give us. Wow. We had my sister's phone as a side shot camera, and if anybody watching, I wish we had a behind the scenes of that uh, recording because during the, the message at the end when we were singing, we was actually taking her camera and swapping sides just so in post-production we would have two side shots. Right. <laughs> it was raw, but uh, we was doing the best we can. And I, I sincerely appreciate your kind words about the quality because, again, we, we did the best with what we had at the time. The first service that we had, we had a pastor contact us and he said, I just want you to know that a backslider from our church has received the Lord and they've given their hearts to the Lord. And so we think, well, Lord, if just one soul gets saved, it's worth it all. Praise God. Just a few episodes later, we had another pastor contact us and he said, uh, you want to hear some good news? And uh, I think my mom had answered the phone and she said, oh yeah, we'd love to hear some good news. And he handed the phone to a man in his church and him and his wife have a private care facility for the elderly. During the shutdown, they would bring their patients. in. Yeah, the residents into the living room and they would watch the Saturday night worship. And he had a Catholic lady that he was taking care of. And during that service, he said, I looked over at her and she had tears rolling down her face. And she looked over at him and reached out her hand and she said, will you help me find Jesus? And so just shortly after that, she passed away. Wow. So just in the nick of time, God used such a raw effort on our part to be obedient. I'm not sure if you mentioned she was 99 years old. Oh, my goodness. Wow, that is wonderful. It's amazing what God does to use what we all feel like is just a small effort to affect people for good and for his kingdom. And he can take what what we have to offer. Little as much when he's in it.
How did that come about? We were preparing to sing at a leadership meeting in Georgia, and it was right after Christmas. I was sitting on the edge of my bed one night, and I began to pray, Lord, there's going to be a lot of preachers and their wives there. There's going to be missionaries. There's going to be a lot of people represented, and we would love to have a song that speaks to the heart of those who feel the call and then some who you may be calling now. I had just Hmm. closed my Bible with that particular passage in Isaiah and I picked up a piece of paper and a pen. Uh, Now most of the songwriting is done uh, on my my cell phone on a a song file, but back then it was all pen and paper. Mm -hmm. That was one song um, that came very quickly. Now, not all songs come as easily as others do, and it doesn't mean that they're not anointed of the Lord, but that was one that flowed like water that night. It was probably midnight. The Lord just began to to give those particular lyrics. It's a cry from the heart of our ministry. Lord, I'll go where you send me. I'll follow where you lead me. Lord, I'll be all I can be. And as you search this world over, don't look any farther. Lord, here am I. Send me. It's truly from our heart also to say, Lord, I don't have much to offer, but take all I am for little is much when it's placed in your hand. It has just been our prayer. And thankfully, we've had many people that have come to us and said that that song has helped inspire them to be obedient to the call. Not everyone's called to, to go to the mission field Not everyone's called to go cross the waters, but there's so much to be done for the Lord right here in the United States. And so our prayer is to just be an inspiration to anyone with whatever calling that God has placed upon your life. If you could also pray, Lord, here am I, send me. A song that caught my attention off of one of your albums, The Unexpected Storm. It's a neat perspective that you wrote from because it lets us know i don't know it kind of gives us a glimpse what you you think might be from god's side yes yes tell us a little bit about that song the inspiration came in a revival service where two ladies had got up to sing the old song i know the master of the wind Mm -hmm. and in the second verse it says the unexpected storm may drive me from the heights Mm -hmm. it may bring me low but never bring me down well Mm -hmm. i felt like the world froze right there in that moment the rest of the church continued on with the service but i thought oh my what a what an amazing nugget in the middle of that song that most storms are unexpected to us. Mm -hmm. Some we see coming, but most uh, we feel like we're completely caught off guard. But in those moments, the Lord is never caught off guard. If it comes your way, it's because he has allowed it. And the second verse of that song says, every storm has a reason, though it's hard to understand. Every trial has a purpose. It's all a part of God's plan. And that's the part that we have a hard time wrapping our minds around is, Lord, surely something has went wrong. Surely Mm -hmm. this one has slipped past you and and surely this isn't ordained of you. But every storm that we go through as a Christian, there's a reason. And it isn't unexpected to him. And so if we can look to him, the end of the course says, in the shelter of his arms, he'll keep me safe from harm through the unexpected storm.
Let's go to a song that a line caught my attention. 2017 album. The song is I Choose to Stand. One of the lines in that is I don't need a second chance. Mm-hmm. I choose to stand. What an amazing line. I sometimes have used the second chances of God as a crutch, knowing mm-hmm. that, okay, well, if if I mess up this time, I can I can have a redo. But when it came to what the song referenced about the Hebrew boys, they didn't have a second chance on the day that they had to stand. Although I know that, you know, the lead up to that was many small tests, but yeah. the ultimate test came when they were pressured to bow. And I, I love that song. It was a very, very good song. Well, we appreciate Bless that. Richard does a great job with that one. The inspiration came whenever the Mylon Hayes family had contacted us and asked us for some new songs. And I was in the grocery store one day and just keeping a prayer on my heart, uh, Lord, you know, what? what song would you have us to send them? What songs? We usually send two or three demos at a time when a group asks for songs. And so I was pushing the shopping cart down the, the main aisle of the grocery store, and I felt the Lord speak to my heart, write a song for them and title it, I Choose to Stand. Hmm. So I pulled the shopping cart over to the side to where I could get out of the get out of everyone's way and typed, I Choose to Stand in, in my song file. And I thought, well, Lord, this is unusual. I've never had the title given before the lyrics. Mm-hmm. So I finished the shopping trip and, and went back to our, our camper. We were in Revival in Florida at the time and uh, just began to seek the Lord. Okay, we've got the title, Lord, but what do you want this song to consist of? And felt the Lord lead us to that passage where if anybody ever took a stand when everybody else was bowing, it was those it was those men that day. We call them boys, but they were men sure. yeah. of God that took a stand. We sent that to the Mylon Hayes family, and they were very gracious to say that it spoke to their hearts, and they ended up making it a featured song for the their kids. Their young people made yeah. some T-shirts. We're in a time nowadays that there are so many people that are are bowing to the pressures of yeah. the enemy. A lot of people, even in our conservative churches, will look around and say, well, everybody else is doing it. Mm-hmm. And they use that as their leeway to sometimes override the God-given convictions that they have always lived. Right. But as we see referenced in that day, just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean that right. this is something we're supposed to bow to. Amen. <laughs> so sometimes that can even be, as we, we mentioned, it can be people you have confidence in that's bowing sure. and that are going along with some of the, the the trends and the ideals that are being promoted today. But Lord, help us to, to be true to our God-given convictions, whether that be in our standard or our musical standards, whatever the case may be. Let's make our mind up that Lord, yeah. even if I would have a second chance... I don't need that. I'm going to I'm going to continue to stand. True faith is trusting in the Lord, but the kind of faith that you sing about in this song is strong faith is what I would call it, and that's trusting first of all, not somehow finding after you've stumbled, but first of all trusting in the Lord. But God showed up in the fire and he delivered him that day. Yeah. Hey.
Let's move to a different kind of album than the norm. You guys put out a Christmas album in 2017. Uh, I don't forgot the date now, but yeah, yes. that sounds about right. Yeah. There was a song on there that particularly spoke to my heart. It was a song that talks about the worship of the Lord being misunderstood by the world because the world doesn't look past the manger to the cross. Yes. What a concept that you write about. Our whole reason why we worship about the day of his birth is... We don't end there. We go all the way to the cross and then ultimately to the resurrection. Amen. Yes, yes. Our pastor had for many years requested us to write, not necessarily write, but to be prepared with a new song each Christmas Sunday morning. So uh, Richard and I would seek the Lord and try to make sure we were prepared each each Christmas Sunday with a new song. Well, it was in October and we were in revival in the mountains of North Carolina. And uh, we knelt at the couch one evening knowing that, okay, it's October, but December is going to be here before we know it. And was just seeking the Lord for a new Christmas song. It's hard to choose favorite songs when it personally, someone will say, what's your favorite song? And that's, that's a hard one. But in the Christmas realm, I think it would have to be Oh, come all you faithful. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, come let us adore him. That that would be my favorite. And my mind ran to what the crowd looks like on Christmas Sunday morning. Now, obviously, they're the, the largest majority of the, the church congregation are, are they're Christians. But on Christmas Sunday morning, probably most congregations would look like ours, where you do have quite a few sinners. Sure. And as the Lord begins to move and we're singing, Oh, come let us adore him. There is such a blank expression on the faces of those who are sinners, especially those that have never served the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's the reason the lyrics float out. The world, they do not understand why we celebrate this day. They wonder why we worship every time we speak his name. When we sing, come all ye faithful, let us adore the king, we are looking past the stable oh, yes. to a hill called Calvary. And that's mm-hmm. why we adore him. That's the whole reason that we begin to weep and we worship and we cry because we don't see just a baby. We look so much farther than the manger and we see a hill called Calvary where our redemption was purchased. And yes. uh, we would like for it to be a song that answers a few questions by those who, who don't know the Lord. Sure. The world don't understand why we celebrate this day. They wonder why we worship Every time we speak his name, when we sing, come all ye faithful, let us adore the king. We are looking past the stable to a hill called Calvary. That's why we adore
That's absolutely beautiful. The first time a song is mentioned in the Word of God is in Exodus chapter 15, after Israel had been brought through the Red Sea, which represents our salvation experience. It's a type and shadow of that in the Old Testament. Right. And Mm -hmm. the song of Moses is sang there, and Miriam, his sister, gets out the timbrel, and they had a wonderful time of worship after their deliverance. In 2018, you guys put out a song called Reason to Sing, and it talks about mm-hmm. our deliverance being a reason to sing. Yes. And I think it ties in wonderfully with the first song that's mentioned in the Bible. And also, you fast forward in heaven, in Revelation, it mentions that in heaven, the redeemed will sing the song of Moses, which was the first song referenced in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Yes, and love that. You give a wonderful view of our real reason to sing is because we've been delivered. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that song? Richard actually uh, was the one that was inspired with that one. And I, I I have a few fingerprints on it, but he's the one that, that uh, actually wrote the majority well, of it. Well, it's about time you get some credit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, I, I love the process of, of writing with Sandy because there's a chemistry between me and her that we're not offended if during the writing process, if one of the lines would say, oh, let's change that. Right. We, we flow with that because our rule is if it blesses both of us, then it's probably okay. But if, if we're having an issue with, you know, tweaking a lyric, then we, we roll with that. And so I, I greatly enjoy the process. You were mentioning, and that's so good about Moses, you know, the song of Moses. Uh, Zion is known for singing. That's what the Bible says. Amen. There's that scripture where the Israelites said when they was in Babylon, how can we sing the Lord's song? And I know that could be referencing, you know, we're not going to entertain you with the Lord's song. But at the same time, when we're in bondage, we see the same thing today that a lot of people will think, I can't sing until I come out of the trial. Mm -hmm. But I've heard it said many times, what if one of those Israelites would have taken that harp off the willow and said, let me tell you what God's done for me. I may be in bondage, but I've still got a song to sing. Wow. And many times, many times we've been in services where uh, people were brokenhearted, downhearted, and we watched the presence of the Lord. In fact, there's a dear sister, and Sandy's going to know who I'm talking about, going through a severe trial. We watched during the service as the Lord began to move. She was facing an ailment in her body, and she just began to worship and praise. And I told Sandy, it's not because she had gotten healed. She was still going through the battle. But yet an overwhelming praise was on her lips because she knew in spite of what I'm going through, God's still been good to me. And mm-hmm. again, that's what we're known for yes, sir. is singing. And we do have a reason, as, as you're saying. I've got a reason to
you guys have an awesome ability to bring perspectives to music that that's not really the natural line of thought. That's probably not the way to say it or the conventional way of thought maybe, but bring about such biblical truth. We appreciate that. And one of the songs that stood out to me was the song Stand on My Faith. We have to be reminded in the storm here again of God's goodness. Many times those reminders come from somebody who's not necessarily in the storm themselves and their faith seems to be intact and they point us to the Lord. And I love the concept. If you need your faith renewed and you don't have it, use mine. That song was a joint effort between Richard and I both. And it was in the heat of the battle. Our dad, rheumatoid arthritis runs very severely on both sides of his family. And so our dad was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis about It's been about 13 years ago now that um, he ended up in an urgent care in Florida. And the doctor said, you either have rheumatoid arthritis or you have gout. And if you had your rethers, you'd rather have gout. Well, it turns out that dad did have rheumatoid arthritis and it progressed very quickly. In the middle of that that trial, our dad, who is a man of great faith, he began to search the scriptures and most were extremely familiar, but he began to search every scripture that there was on healing, realizing, Lord, you're still the healer. And as he prayed for his healing, we began to seek the face of the Lord with him and believe for his healing. Many, many services that the Lord would move so powerfully and a dedicated child of God would feel led to tell him, Brother David, while you were being prayed for tonight, the Lord spoke to me that he's going to heal you of this rheumatoid arthritis. And this is a very long story that we'll just put in a nutshell. In the middle of all that, we knew that so many confirmations had came that God was going to heal dad. We knew it was coming. We just didn't know when. But dad was only getting worse. Our dad was so bad at one point, he was almost in a wheelchair. Mm. Dad's always been a very active man. Right. Lots of energy. Such a go-getter from the time his feet would hit the floor in the morning. He was very low. A depression had actually attached itself to his arthritis, and some won't understand that, but many times a depression will attach itself to a physical condition. There are many days that dad couldn't get out of bed. He couldn't go to church, and we were in one of those times where our faith was being so severely tested that our mom one day we were sitting on the couch and just talking about the promises that the Lord had given us that he was going to heal dad. And that particular day, mom didn't say anything. She just, she just sighed. Just, it wasn't just a normal sigh. It was a sigh from the depths of her soul. And I said, mom, don't you believe that the Lord is going to heal dad? She said, honey, we're doing everything we can to believe. And that's all she said. She, again, she just sighed very deeply. And I I reached over and took her hand. I said, mom, I know things don't look good right now, but we know what the Lord has said and we're going to keep holding on to faith. And I know you believe these promises the Lord's given us. You're just tired. So I said, today, would you just stand on my faith? Mm. Well, Richard walked in the room about that time and he said, that's (laughs) our next song right there, Stand on My Faith. So we went and wrote it down. And sure enough, uh, as we sought the Lord, he he gave the the lyrics for that song that we've sang across the country. And we've pointed many people to the reference in the New Testament where there was a man that needed to get to the Lord and he couldn't get there by himself. Amen. And he had four friends that said, we're going to get you there. Mm -hmm regardless of what we have to do. And when he received his healing that day, after he had been let down through the roof, the Lord commended their faith for his healing. So there are times that there is a victory that's won in our life, and it's not necessarily 
our faith that broke through and victory was won, but it's somebody around us that loved us enough to say, listen, we're going to get through this. God's faithful and, and he's hearing every one of your prayers. Take my hand and stand on my faith until victory comes. Fast forwarding, the Lord has healed our dad (laughs) of rheumatoid arthritis. It's gone. He's been healed now for about five years. So it's not just in remission. Praise God. But our our dad is healed. And and we, we praise the Lord every day for his healing. You're standing in the heat of the battle. It's one like you have never So on your latest album, which the album title is Faithful, there's a song that really spoke to my wife, and she sang it around the house over and over and over, and just recently sang it in a uh, a camp meeting that we went to, but it's the song Jesus is Moving. It just speaks of the weakness that we all have, weariness that we all have, and running to the refuge, which is is Jesus. The uh, second verse in particular is what spoke to her, then me in turn, about God being a God that breaks down strongholds. My, what a powerful message in that song. That song was written after a very powerful service that we had experienced in one of our revivals. And just the amazing effect of getting in one mind and one accord in our in our services and watching miracles happen, strongholds broken, the more the closer I should say that we come to the Lord's return, we are seeing more strongholds than ever before. There are people that are truly They're saved, but they're bound by spirits of depression. They're bound by spirits of oppression. Sometimes it's a sinner that has entered into the service, and and we're seeing more a manifestation of of, uh, demonic spirits that have taken hold of of people's lives as they go so far from God. And when they return, the chains are so evident, and they need somebody that has prayed through and that's anointed that can help them receive uh, the liberty that they need. It wasn't inspired necessarily by by one big dramatic event, but it was after that one particular service where just a lot had happened in that service, and we began to sing it across the country. We were honored when a family named the Chitons, who are from Canada and have since moved to the United States, uh, asked if they could record that song. They have sang at the White House. They've been featured many times on on the Gaither tour. Mm -hmm. They are a little black family, love the Lord, dedicated. We really appreciate this family and, and appreciate 
seeing what God's doing in their ministry. But they took the song and they did a Jesus is Moving 24-hour virtual concert on their website that actually went around the world. It was a global concert. Wow. I forget what foreign country it started in, but it, they circled the globe within 24 hours. And it was very touching to see people in other countries that were also singing the song. And some of them, their English was very broken, but they had learned the song and uh, had come together, not just with that song, but it was the song that was featured for 24 hours uh, globally. My goodness. And as Richard said, we're just thankful, very thankful as we draw nearer to his coming that we can feel a sense of unity among the true church. Yes, ma'am. Those that, that really love the Lord, he's moving. And sometimes the names over these church doors isn't necessarily people that we have always worshiped and maybe even associated with, but there's a hunger for truth. Hmm. There is a sincerity that is causing them to draw nearer to the Lord. And we're feeling that sense of spiritual community grow stronger as we approach his coming. So the song says, just reach out and touch him. You'll never be the same. And that's true. When we're in his presence and he's moving, no one will be the same once we leave his presence and we go about our, our normal lives. So we're thankful for what the Lord has done and is doing through through the song. Jesus is moving.
another song on that particular album that really touched me was He's Almost Here. Uh-huh. Oh, bless your heart. What a great reminder we need. The great hope of the church in the New Testament is the return of the Lord. As the day approaches, we have to remind each other He's He's almost here. Paul yeah. said comfort yeah. one another with those words. Well, we were working on, our, on that CD, the Faithful CD. Sandy had brought an idea for a song about heaven, there was a individual that had passed, and so we were kind of thinking in those those terms. And as the idea kept rolling, I told her, I said, to me, I'm feeling something, obviously in connection with heaven, but something that's given the ones that's in a struggle, because there's an individual that she's going to know who I'm talking about, a uh, dear individual, but they were extremely low during that time. And that's where, whereas the second verse uh, had originally been about the, the heaven scene, you know, writing about the things in heaven, it started changing to, I know you may be weary from the battle. Yes. And at times you've almost felt like giving in, and that's exactly where this individual was. I would love to say more, but because we're on a podcast, I'll just leave those details to say they desperately, desperately needed help. And ironically enough, we finished the lyrics for the song at this location that we're recording at right now when we were recording the demo for our producer trey ivy to work with when that day was over it was burning on me so strong that that night in service i told sandy i said i know we haven't officially practiced this you know but can we sing it tonight mom had not even heard it she heard you sing it for the first time and so she because we're family we can read each other's minds pretty well right so she jumped in and and found her harmony part it was just finished that day and she had not even heard the song Man. It, it was it was touching to see the results from that night. And I was a mess. I mean, when I start crying when I'm singing, uh, my pitch is all <laughs> over the place. Yeah. And but but the Lord truly moved that night. And since then we have seen uh the Lord move for people that are discouraged because I guess if we're seeing anything in our ministry, and I'm sure you see the same thing in ministry, that when people come through those doors, they're tired. Sure. They're mentally wrung out. If, if we get our minds on the fact of he's almost here, and all these battles that we're going through, mm-hmm. if we can hold on, as the old, old song says, just a little longer. We know help is on the way, and what yes. more kind of a answered our prayers that we're going through all these things, but for him to step out on the clouds and say, child, come on home. Signs of the time are all around us. These are trying days we're living in. But the Lord gave us a promise keeps us pressing on Jesus said he's coming back again and he's almost here it won't be long our Lord is coming and we are going home all our battles will be over the moment Your head, he's almost here. 
what is the most unusual place that you guys have been asked to sing? It might would be the Amish barn that we that that yeah. probably would be <laughs> one of them that that we participated in a fall meeting there. And while and when we were she's singing, saying Amish, she's not meaning we sang for the Amish. It was an Amish <laughs> constructed no. okay. barn. So. Yes. <laughs> but while we were singing that night, a mouse decided to come out from hiding behind the the hay bales that everybody was sitting on and come and, and was part of our audience. He he, uh, he or she sat just a few feet from where we were. So we did not lose our composure, but we uh, kept one eye very seriously on that mouse to make sure he stayed where he, <laughs> where he was supposed to be. So. so that brings me to my last question. And I really appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to, to sit down with me today. It's been an absolute joy. Oh, it's our honor, brother. Something that we love here on Pod Me because I love uh, humor and and the guys that are with me on a regular basis, brother Dustin and brother Brad, we we love humor. But I know there's got to be some some uh, funny stories or maybe an embarrassing moment that you guys wouldn't care to share. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not. What is it? It would be where do we start? <laughs> oh yeah, I understand. I'll throw this in. We were in a tent meeting with your with Sister Hannah's family several years ago. Brother David was preaching, and we were yeah. asked to do the singing. And the Lord was moving in a great way in one of the altar services one night, and uh, I was singing along with with my family, and I felt something in my mouth, and instinctively I swallowed. And when I swallowed, I realized I had swallowed a bug. And oh. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm not the super finicky type, but at the same time, I don't want to swallow a bug. So it was the Lord that helped me to keep my thoughts uh, composed and to continue singing and not run out of the the tent sick. But uh, that was a memory that we shared with your wife's family. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Okay. That's great. Any others? She can probably think of some on me, but I can definitely think of one on her. We was at a church years ago. We had done altar service, and the pastor was uh, finishing up, doing preliminaries. And the seat that she was on, it's hard to describe, but there's a screw mechanism that will lower and raise the the, the seat. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I have no clue why, that entire threading mechanism stripped. So during this quite serious moment, there was this... <laughs> grating sound that was going down. I looked over and she was dropping down to the floor <laughs> and she turned as red as a stoplight. It was so funny. After that, everybody was, are you okay? Are you okay? She's like, I'm fine. She's picking her head above the keyboard. I'm fine. <laughs> if it's going to happen, it'll happen in church. You are mighty right, my friend. It sure will. Well, it has been an absolute joy to sit down with you guys and thank you so much for what you do. We'll put a link in the description of this episode if you want to contact the Blythe family. They're very talented, and if you got any questions about what they do on a regular basis, I'm sure they'd be willing to sit down with you because they have with me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we really appreciate it. God bless you both. God bless you, brother. Thank you for the work that you're doing for the Lord, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family. Yes, we appreciate you all sincerely. Thank you so much. 